Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Have you seen Avatar? No. Oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intention of going to it because I'm not a huge like I hate I didn't like the first one. I didn't okay. see the first one until a few years ago because my dad had it in 3D on his TV or whatever. <clears throat> I am not um like, you know, his earlier work, like James Cameron, of course, I loved, you know, Terminator. Yeah, he did Titanic. Too. And they tried to make this into Titanic. <laughs> I've never seen Titanic. So I know. Lion I think King I did know Titanic. that actually. I, think I don't I know lots know of things. Yeah. Exactly. You've never seen Lion King? No, we've talked about that too. Oh my God. About how I haven't seen Lion King. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Did Mark enjoy Avatar, the movie? Avatar 2 was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I Honestly, we both enjoyed it because it was just like three hours of just yeah. being like. We're watching a movie. Yeah. And there's no but, interruptions. Yeah. Exactly. But because I'm used to interruptions and mm. I'm used to getting up and even just like when we watch movies now, we're not usually watching them all in one night. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like a little here, a little there. So I found after like half an hour of sitting for this movie before I could watch like a 10 hour movie and I could just sit there and obviously not 10 hours. I'm exaggerating, but like. <laughs> no amount of time was too much. I could just sit there like, yes, give me my popcorn. Life is great. <laughs> After 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, I am itching to stand up. I'm itching to walk around. Like I cannot sit here. I was like, I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, how much longer is this movie? Oh my God. <laughs> like, it was, it was fine. Like it, the movie Did you go on bad. your phone and see what the ending was or? No, I didn't. Not this time. <laughs> can't do that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mark's mom was trying to put Wayne down those and I have we have a Wi-Fi camera so oh. I, I kept getting these notifications that like there was movement on the camera and I was like what the hell is happening but he didn't need a second nap we're transitioning him off of us he only has one nap now uh-huh. for that reason like he won't go down for a second nap he just like plays in his crib for an hour basically yeah yeah but so she left him for like 20 minutes to just kind of play and hope right. that he went to sleep, but he didn't. So I kept like getting these buzzes on my watch. It was like, bzz, bzz, bzz. Mark is like, what the hell is happening? I'm like, I don't want to turn it off. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you have an Apple watch? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've ordered honestly. A... Yeah. Honestly, fine. what? It was fine. Sorry. Did you get an Apple watch? No, I'm getting knockoffs. Like I ordered a couple of knockoff Bluetooth type yeah. watches like smart watches just so yeah. that greg and i can do like i like to be able to looks like i'm picking my nose right now <laughs> um uh to measure my sleep and yes. my activity and stuff like that yeah and greg's really into oh that's nice yeah Greg's really into measuring his steps and all this stuff on this app yeah. that he has on his new phone. But sometimes he leaves his phone behind. And I was like, well, if you have the watch, then you could measure it it's and always sync it there. up to your phone and everything yeah. will be there. Yeah, Avatar 2 was a little disappointing. Honestly, the storyline was not great. But yeah. like the animation 
and like all that stuff was incredible obviously like right absolutely mesmerizing and we saw it in 3d too which normally i'm like oh 3d but it was really nice to see in 3d yeah normally i'm like oh my i brain. don't like 3d i can't stand it it's i sometimes gives me a headache so i <sighs> prefer not to go but it was like the per- it, this movie was at the perfect time for us like i i worked in the morning yeah and then i got home at like one o'clock and the movie started at 1 and then the next one didn't start until like four so mm. we were like we gotta go now but no it was just nice like mark and i had date so you saw recently. the movie and then you went to eat yeah and then we went to jack astor's um mm. and just like chilled there and we did some puzzling and by puzzling i mean like you know how you can write like yeah stuff on the table so we, we always play um hangman oh my god that's how greg and i met and we played that on a jack astro's table are you serious yeah that's where i met him i kind of sort of knew him peripherally through other people in the rooms i'd never been really introduced to him yeah and then i showed up one night at this big event this big you know aa event and he was there my friend i showed up with my to my met up with my friend and she's like oh uh do you mind if greg and this guy join us for dinner i said no problem yeah. let's go it's not out of the ordinary for like people to just get together and have dinner it's not yeah. a big deal there's nothing no setup nothing no so then we go to dinner and greg and i are sitting next to each other playing footsies and we just got along and i was being a bitch and i was like complaining and i was being sarcastic you know how i am like i'm just like dry and sarcastic and bitchy and it was love at first sight he and i started playing hangman on the fucking paper tablecloth and then he started like before i even put put it together he would guess what it was right away like he knew the answers immediately right that's wild and then we left the restaurant to go to this dance. We were, I met up to go to the dance. And then um, he was walking in front of me <clears throat> with my friend. And I was talking to the other guy. And I looked ahead and I saw his butt. And I was like, I want, had this compulsion. I was compelled. I wanted to touch, like squeeze his butt. <laughs> and I was like, why? What's going on? I was like, I don't understand what was happening. This is the best story of how someone met their partner I've ever heard. <laughs> I just had this weird feeling like I want to go t- squeeze his butt and I was like why it's so weird did you do I- it no but <laughs> we went into better. the dance listen to this we go to the dance and he starts dancing right away because he's a crazy guy he loves to dance and I was talking to this other guy I was standing by a table blah 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 saying hello to people yeah then Greg runs over to me and sits sort of sidles up next to me and he slips his hand into mine and sort of intertwines his fingers and he goes you want to go dance and I was like yeah so we went I don't know it was just really weird we both had the same feelings yeah you guys just like meshed right away it was right away we had chemistry and we were immediately attracted to each other and we totally like just like it was like 
perfectly timed and everything was there. It's wild. Amazing. It was wild. That's amazing. Your friend must be eating it up that she set you guys up like unintentionally. People even. were like weird. Like some people were like super happy, but <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. And I would I left the dance that night and I, we exchanged numbers, whatever. Cause I said to him, I was like, are you gonna ask me for my number or like what's going on here? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he took it. And then I asked everybody I knew in the, that were there, the friends that we had, because we had mutual friends. I said, is he one of the good ones? Because there's yeah. like, some guys are not so great, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, Greg's a good egg. He's good. He's a good one. He is good. He's awesome. <sighs> yeah. So that's, that's the sweetest story I've ever heard. I've always wanted to ask you, and I always forget. It's weird. That's it's so weird. sweet. Anyway, Jack it. Astor's. Yeah. That actually, Merck and I went for our first date to Jack Astor's. <laughs> that same Jack Astor's, actually. Yes. We went bowling. We met online. When maybe I told you this story already. We went bowling mm-hmm. um, after we met online, and then we just like had a really, really nice time bowling on a yes. Sunday. It was so random. And neither of us like to do things on Sundays generally because it's a work day the next day. Yeah. So yeah, and then we ended up going to Jack Astor's like just for just to like extend the night. <laughs> yes. And then we started dating. Yay. So okay. Well, like How maybe a month later we said it was official or whatever. Yeah. But we like wanted to see each other. We saw each other like a couple times a week. And then yes. but we hit the same kind of not same story but like we hit it off right away like there was chemistry right away yes we had such a nice time like i deleted my dating profile the night that i met mark really like yeah i'm done with this what did he do we'll see oh i'm pretty sure he still had it for like years (laughs) but because he forgot about it like i don't even think he knew the password That's a big bone of contention with couples, eh? Like dating. There's a lot of dating profile shenanigans that go on. Oh, yeah. I wish that one of us still had it in the sense that like, so we could go back and see what the messages were like. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that we had saved that because we never did. Oh. Yeah, we didn't message for long before we met. He was actually only the second person I met on the site. Wow. I just got out of a three-year relationship and my friend was like, Oh my. Hey, you're needing to get back out there. And I was like, eh, no. And she made the profile. Really? And I, yeah. Anyway, I went on a, the one date I went on before Mark was actually also quite pleasant, but he just was not the person for me. He was very nice, like a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I can't but, even imagine. Like, I've never. I wouldn't know what to do, honestly. It's, I'm glad that Mark and I met quickly. Mark yeah. did not meet me quickly. No. He, he said he went through a few bad experiences on dating apps, but oh. um, yeah, it's just awkward. Like you don't know this, this person at all. And then you meet up and it's like, oh, according to the internet, we might be a match. But yeah. So that's good. So I love your story. I always threaten so Greg sweet. that I'm going to leave him for the guy who lives behind us here. 
Because I'll go what? like, you think you Tell think I can't get somebody? I'll just go and knock on Albert's door. Is Albert Divorce. a nice guy? Albert's oh. great. He's like a Chinese Canadian. He has two kids. He's divorced. He drives a he has a motorcycle. He drives a big Toyota 4Runner. He's a mechanic. Great guy. All right. Sounds like a great guy. Good <laughs> option. Like, I'll just go say hi to Albert. <laughs> I joke around because he has a camera now because his car got broken into in the back lane where we park our cars. Oh. So he's like one of those lane neighbors. Yeah. So he has a camera out there. I don't know if he watches it, but every time I I try to every time I come home, I do like a little dance in front of the camera, just for shits and giggles. I don't know if he sees them or not. I hope he does. Are you guys friends? <laughs> like, do you guys hang oh, out? Oh, we all talk. Yeah. Like there's yeah. Like, back alley stuff that happens, you know, like I'm pointing That's here so because awesome. this is where it is. Like this is the back I... of the house. <laughs> Our cars are back there. And then there's other people's cars on the other street back there. Okay. And then we all meet. I I don't know why I secretly hope that you were going to be like, no, we don't talk at all. <laughs> well, some people hate me. Believe me. I have like what? neighbors that snub me constantly. It's okay. Why? Because I'm not very likable, Brittany. You That's should know true. that by now. <laughs> False. <laughs> Fake news. Oh, I'm such a bitch. Seriously. <laughs> I, I feel like since I had Wayne, my patience is much thinner <laughs> with people like this lady at oh. the hospital did i tell you about the lady at the hospital who was oh. like we went to go maybe i told you this story i don't know but i took ween to get his like x-ray to get his new cast right like okay. when he got the new cast this like 80 something year old woman in the waiting room for the x-ray looks at wayne looks at me and is like he's far too young to have a cast what happened I'm like, he fell. <laughs> I just gave her like the dirtiest look and then sat down. I was like, I don't honestly, lady, fuck off. <laughs> Brittany, you don't you can't even sound mean when you want to be. Oh, I can't. Sorry. I'm horrible. <laughs> You're so huge tough. bitch. You're it's a Brittany bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should say, oh yeah, he fell on a none of your fucking business. <laughs> I should have. I should have been like, oh, he probably he probably injured himself the same way that you did by falling. Oh, sick burn, sick burn. on an old lady. <laughs> I could hear her coming back and be like, I got I got a hip replacement, bitch. <laughs> and though, it would just be she awkward. probably has better hips than I do. Jesus, probably same with me. Honestly, oh I think God. that was part of my like discomfort sitting in the chair for so long um oh, god <laughs> at the movie, i have to say I like i started to do this challenge my friend kira and i were doing a 30-day yoga challenge together Ooh. it's uh there's a very famous woman on the internet named adrian who does yoga with adrian i'm sure you've heard of her on youtube no maybe anyway Anyway, she's a famous yogi on the internet who does like free classes and she does 30 day challenges and there's like tons and tons of videos and she has like 12 million followers and she's amazing. Everybody loves her. So we're doing this 30 day challenge. She does it every January. And so we, she, Kira and I call each other like on WhatsApp. So we video yeah. call each other and then we watch the YouTube together. So we're sync up 
and we because otherwise if we just say yeah let's do it and we do it individually we may not like i might sleep in a little longer and not get around to it you know yeah so we we're trying That's to make awesome. each other accountable because otherwise yeah, yeah it's not going to work for me um yeah. but That's i've already great. noticed it's been two days and i'm already feeling like wow why did I wait so long to do this? Like, I should just do this all the time, you know? That's awesome. <clears throat> we were just talking yeah. not that long about you doing hot yoga. So yeah, I feel like it's so intro expensive to hot yoga. And it takes it so is. much time. And I'm like, please. It's a whole process. These YouTube videos are here. They're free. I can do it at home. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially yoga. Like, you don't need any, you don't need any, uh, you don't need anything. anything. Yeah. When I did That's yoga. Awesome by myself like years and years ago when I started really doing it alone I didn't have a mat I just did it on hardwood floors yeah at six in the morning I'd get up and do this this show wow. every day on tv before I went to work it was great I had triceps it was great damn Were, are you yep. a morning person am I a morning person see I always say I'm not because I'm quite miserable when I wake up <clears throat> But just because I'm miserable when I wake up doesn't mean I'm not a morning person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like why do you have not... to be happy? And, and I don't I find mind once it. I'm up, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's get getting up. up. <laughs> like once I'm up, I'm like, okay, good for the day. Awesome. Yes. But like, let's go. Getting out of bed is yeah. the biggest step. It's a huge struggle. <laughs> I hear you. Oh. Oh I God. snooze so hard. I I have my alarm. I'm a snooze. Greg gets oh, so mad. Greg's like, Kelly, wake up. <laughs> snooze, snooze. Oh yeah. Snooze. Every nine minutes, I'm like, oh. Nine oh. minutes. I have mine on ten, and mine's set up to a Spotify playlist. So it, sometimes, if the song's really annoying, Greg gets upset because it's just like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh For my God. years, when I was in, I think it was when I was in university. I don't remember if it was my master's or undergrad, but I had it set to all about that bass by Megan Trainer. So it would be like in the morning, it'd be like, I'm all about that bass. And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> fucking bass, go away. And I didn't change it for years. Like it was, it was just like that for years. And then eventually it's a good, I was like, uh, I can't. Good question to our listeners. What song is your wake up song? What's a good wake up song for your alarm? Well, that is a great question. I have the one that I get frequently is Lauren Hill. You know who Lauren okay. Hill is? Yes, I Probably do. Not. <laughs> I do. We've totally talked about her on this podcast. Oh, have we? What did I say about her? Also, I think you said good things. Also, didn't Lauren Hill do something with Eminem at one point? Oh, I think so. Maybe she's saying doo-wop that yes, thing do up yeah when it hurts so bad when it hurts so bad oh she sings so many good things i have so many songs i i love the miseducation of lauren hill is like a classic right i'm trying to think just one It's 
funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. That's Lauren Hill. I don't know. That gets if mad I when that one her music. Oh, really? <laughs> Lauren Hill used to be in I a band called the Fugees with um, oh, Wyclef no. Jean. Yes. And then she, this is her solo album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It's it's like absolutely the most famous, it's very famous album. Yeah. And I went to see her in concert at the Molson Amphitheater thing, whatever it's called now. Yeah. What is it called and actually? I don't know what the frig it's called. We can it, talk like, about that later. <laughs> amphitheater, whatever. And um she made us wait for two hours and then she came out and sang for half an hour and then she left. And that's classic Lauren Hill. Are you serious? <laughs> that's brutal. What yeah, you but you know right? what? That's just no, no, it's just classic queen shit. Like that's just what Lauren Hill does. Like that's what it's she called does. Budweiser stage now. Oh, okay. Thank you. 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 No Can I problem. tell you something? Can I be yes, honest? Yes, please. You? Please be honest with me. This episode we're about to discuss. <laughs> I've tried to watch it. I've watched it several times because obviously Same. we started watching it weeks ago. I made notes and watched it again, make more notes. Watched it again, and I still don't like it. And I think yeah. there's aspects of it that are like individual parts that I could pull from it that I, I notice and appreciate. Yes, but I found it very. I couldn't connect to it. Like it was. I a couldn't weird... either. I kept zoning out. Yeah, I was so convoluted. Yeah, I think this episode serves such a huge purpose yes so it's like almost like forced it's like they needed to get this done so that they yes. can carry on with the story yes but it's a filler episode at the same time yeah it's it's weird like and there's so many points in this episode that i'm just like screaming at the tv because i'm like really yeah <laughs> why it's very how, how is okay. no one getting it we can talk okay. about it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's welcome everyone to Squintcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. And today we're going to talk about Bones, season two, episode 11. What's it called? Judas on a pole. All right. Again, weird name. <laughs> well, well, it makes sense. Too. But we'll know. get there. <laughs> this episode starts out hot and heavy. Not mm -hmm. in like a sexy way, but in like a whoa, mm -hmm. what is happening way. Mm -hmm. Um, we start out with this guy being shot on the rooftop of a hotel, and then the shooter has his hood up, so you can't see his face. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's strapping a victim to what appears to be some makeshift cross, and then he guts him and lights him on fire and then leaves. All well music is playing yes <laughs> can i ask you this is only something i noticed in the fifth viewing of this episode i literally I'm so just, glad both of us watched it so many times i, I, I just realized it <laughs> how hard it is 
to lift a dead body. That's exactly what I was going to say. And when we find <laughs> out at the end of this episode who did it, I'm like, how tall is this guy? No freaking way. Not, Not even tall. How old, how strong, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there are many factors that would point to an accomplice. Although an accomplice doesn't exist because no. this is unrealistic. It okay. is. This guy is dead, first of all. And not skinny no <laughs> and even if he was skinny it would be very difficult to lift him dead literally dead weight and then exactly. tie him like how yeah. do you lift and tie yeah like no <laughs> i wouldn't be that's a lot of work for somebody doing that kind of thing it is a lot take hours it makes for a very interesting episode at least mm kind of <laughs> so you say <laughs> this okay but zach does have a great storyline because okay cut scene <laughs> cut scene yes zach is being interviewed by a panel of judges not actual judges but these professors he's defending his dissertation defending mm -hmm. his thesis so we have these people one of which there's five people in front of him one of which is dr brennan and one of which is the real life bones, Kathy Rakes, right in the middle. Okay. Is she in the middle? Yes, she is. She's wow. the one who makes some comments on Zach's attire because mm. basically this is so unrealistic. He's sitting in the middle of a room with in like this random chair. There's nothing else around him except for this table right in front of him with these professors. And... Uh -huh. They're interviewing him based on what his thesis is about, which is apparently called analysis of bone trauma. Um, and suddenly Booth just barges into this room, which first of all, why is the door open? That should not happen. Um, and he literally takes Brennan away and is like, I don't care. We have more important things to do. Okay. Bye Zach. Like <laughs> see ya drags her out of the room. And then yeah. when Zach's all alone, then the real life Rikes is like real life bones is like, how do you expect to take how, I wrote it down. How do you expect anyone to take you seriously as a working forensic anthropologist when you look and then she pauses the way you do. Oh my God. And Zach is like, what? <laughs> I'm surprised you said you liked this storyline. Cause I thought it was absolutely like, you want to talk about filler a oh B. it's filler major filler i just think like, it's so funny there's a few things about this plot line that i'm like pardon me anyway oh, i just thought it, it was is very problematic. strange also did you talk to your sister is this how the, the people process? have to argue their thesis <laughs> i should talk to her but i i as someone who has no actual knowledge about the process mm -hmm. it seems unlikely but also Kathy Riggs has a PhD or multiple PhDs mm -hmm. and she helps write the show. So yeah, maybe... but she doesn't have a say necessarily. Liberty. Like the director is the one who really decides on the shots. And I don't know, I supposed to look intimidating and I love Zach when Booth comes to scoop up Brennan, he, he... <laughs> Booth asks Zach how it's going, and Zach goes, I don't think they like me. And then Booth's <laughs> like, oh, real shocker there. <laughs> it's, they're just so mean to Zach. Like, being mean uh, to Zach just continues. Terrible. <laughs> um, 
also booth is booth has no boundaries listen first of all that's the other thing ask your you have to ask your uh sister is would someone who worked with you on an internship be there to judge your that's dissertation? a good question because i feel like they could i know with her we're getting hung up i know but yes, we are. i mean but sorry she's had she's had committee meetings which is i think that's what this is basically but this is like supposed to be like a final committee meeting i think like mm. a final um defend defense of your dissertation but her, mm. during her committee me uh, meetings she has had her supervisor there and he acts as sort of like a buffer a little bit okay i'm not sure okay. i have to talk to her that's a good question yes but to summarize the scene yeah zach alone in the middle of the room yeah being just hammered with questions about his um thesis and about his appearance and he gets ditched by Brennan because she has more important things to do versus this, instead of being part of this academic clap trap, mm -hmm. as Booth says. <laughs> oh, boy. So Booth scoops her up and takes her to a crime scene, which is actually the crime scene from the beginning of the episode where there's a male who's uh, attached somehow to a cross like structure he's been burned to death he's identified immediately as a male in his middle age um and booth they have this back and forth booth and brennan that's really cute where booth asks what zach was doing and booth brennan says defending his dissertation and then she starts talking about the remains and booth asks brennan is he gonna make it and then brennan makes a joke no he's <laughs> quite dead actually and <laughs> Then they go back, they have this very cute back and forth where they pretend they don't know what they're talking about. It's a cute little conversation. I liked it because it was, they knew what they were talking about. They were oh, just having sure. fun with each other. And I thought that was really interesting. This is a little bit of a development in their friendship. I think. I've never heard Brennan laugh like this. Like she's no. laughing while she's holding this guy's in entrails. Yeah. And she's like, no, I think he's dead. Like she's like, I don't, I think he's, ha ha, he's good, not going to make like it. She's like laughing. Like, oh, I know. So funny. Really <laughs> <laughs> it's and definitely then, new. Right. And then Booth says he, he's a rat. And then. Brennan goes, who's Zach? Like, she's just, like, pretending not to get oh, it. Anyway, God. regardless. So it turns out that Booth thinks that this person was killed because they told on something or they had information. And then Brennan finds something lodged in the victim's throat. Yeah. And, yeah, that's I think that's the end of that scene, pretty much. That is. But they end up back at the Jeffersonian with Zach Hodgins and Cam. And they're kind of just chatting. Um and they're like oh hopefully we'll get lucky with our id and then yeah they are going to get lucky because fortunately this guy what's stuck in his throat he has two things he has a piece of paper with the right with a my name is garrett delaney written on it very mm -hmm. helpful thank you mm -hmm. thank you killer mm -hmm. um and also a coin with christopher columbus on it and cam is hope is wondering if this is going to be some sort of weird ritualistic murder situation because of this coin and it's like we got to talk to brennan about this 
Hodgins is very excited by the possibility that this is going to be like a freaky situation. Um, but it turns out Brennan's brother had come to visit, so she is unavailable at the moment. Hmm. An interesting time for her brother to stop by. Just coincidentally, yes. Coincidentally, he believes that him and her are in danger because his dad, who supposedly up to this point, I don't think they've heard from. They just got that message at the end of this first season saying to back mm. off. Right. And stop trying to find him. Um, but yeah, Russ gets a call from him saying you and your sister are in danger. And then he hung up. Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically was just there to warn her, like, be careful. I feel like someone's watching me. Yeah. And yeah, like, he's feeling all weird. Like somebody's watching him. And I was asking like, why did the father call Russ? Like that's, that's weird. what I thought. How, how does he know his phone number? Yes. And then, um, he thinks Russ, like I said, like we said, he feels like he's in danger, like he's being watched. And Brennan poo poos this. She's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't feel like I'm in danger. I spend most of my time with an FBI agent who's a trained sniper. Just a quick mention that he's a sniper. Just exactly. Right <laughs> Lots of sniping. Here we go. So uh, she offers her place for Russ to stay and tries to convince him. And she's, I, was, I wrote in my notes, she's full of laughs. And she, she says, is. there's beer in the fridge and she's dangling her keys just as Booth walks into her office. And I love this exchange between Russ and Booth. And uh, then Booth says, oh, Russ, you know, your sister's beer is terrible. Like, because apparently she buys this weird sort of foreign beer that Booth doesn't like. Yeah. And Russ and Booth shake hands, but Russ is so nervous. He's so awkward. I guess it's because he's a man of the law and Russ is a criminal. Uh-huh. And also. I, I would I would think Booth be, would be quite intimidating, like walking for in sure. somewhere. Yeah. Also, just how they met generally. Like, yeah, <laughs> not great. Booth snuck up on him at work and like, I'm yeah. watching you. <laughs> like he was just trying to trying to fix that Ferris wheel. That's all. I'm just trying to do my job, man. I'm just trying to live an okay. honest life. Sorry. Okay. So the next. <laughs> no, but what happens is Rust leaves eventually. And then Booth grabs <laughs> Brennan by the arm and shoves her out the door. So aggressively. This is like the second time in this episode where he grabs her and like pulls her out of a room. Like, like and anytime somebody her. touches her, she usually beats them up. But this time she's just like, oh, why? And she's why like, are we oh, oh, I feel like you're abducting me. <laughs> why are you always kidnapping me? Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's get a room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What um, happens next? Quick car scene. Hmm. Turns out our corpse is a former FBI agent. Right. Duh, 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 duh. Um, but they're actually the reason they're in the car to begin with is they're going to Garrett Delaney's apartment. So the victim's apartment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're just full of laughs in this. Wow. So they they get there, and it turns out Garrett Delaney, he was a former FBI agent, but now he works for in the private sector doing some security job. Um, he lives in a what they describe as a very nice apartment. 
<laughs> I did not see this to be as a person with eyeballs that function. It was just really clean. Like I was like, wow. Like good for him for keeping it so clean. What a way. Like guys, you're gonna really die. Fun. Like that's the way you should leave it. That's great. <laughs> but like I'm pretty sure it's just a one bedroom apartment, and they're making like Brennan makes such a big deal about the fact that this place is way nicer than his place. But also, I guess she's been to his place. When has she been to his place? Except that one time when she interrupted him and Tessa. Exactly. So, but they were just in the front. I think she was just in the lobby at that point. In the lobby. The lobby. No, she was outside. She was like not even inside his apartment. True. Sorry, I'm getting us way off topic. But they are chatting and joking around about how nice this place is. And then she's trying to open this door using these new fbi tricks that she taught that he taught her yeah but before that booth is like snooping around the kitchen and he's like looking at the spoon rest on the stove and he's like looking at it like he doesn't know what it is while he's talking to brendan like they're just (laughs) chatting while he's looking at a spoon rest and i was like oh my god that's a good present for him for christmas when we get around to talking about the director of this episode it's so obvious what he's doing (laughs) anyway Oh my god. So yeah, she's freaking around with this, trying to unlock this door with her credit card or something. (laughs) But she, like, she says that this is, that he taught her some, like, tricks. When has been, when when did he teach her these things? When was he teaching her? But also, is that actually a black ops trick? Because I used to lock myself out of my room in university all the time, and that's how I would get it open. (laughs) Am I black ops? (laughs) Brittany, you would be great because you're so nice. You'd be like, yes, of course. And then you go, silence. (laughs) I'm doing air guns just in case for those who can't see. (laughs) Her silent air guns. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Were they drunk on chicken fried rice and like he showed her how to pick a lock? Like, what the hell? Or they were they were at the royal diner, oh my and he God. was like, "Oh, you, you need to be a customer to open that bathroom. Don't worry about it. Let me show you how to get in." Oh my God! So she's been doing this black ops stuff with this credit card, and then he comes over and is like so romantic to her, and is like, "Oh, oh my God! Hey, baby, don't worry. I got this. Let me show you how it's done." And then he looks like he takes the credit card. Looks like first of all, is this Brennan's credit card? Because maybe he should give it back. But um, takes the credit card, looks like he's going to open the door with it, and then just sexily kicks it open. Right kicks it him. open. Like, does a horse kick in the back. Like, you have just to smiles have at her like, hey, baby. The strongest legs to do that. I'm serious. Also, if Cam was in this room, she would be devastated. Because there's oh. way too much chemistry between them. <laughs> oh, my God. I felt it through the, like... <laughs> I'm just watching hey, it on the screen. Oh my god! I just realized something. Wow. Okay. Never mind. We'll talk about it later. To a bedroom. No, I'm not okay. talking about that. Just question. Just a quick question. Um. Yeah. So they get in the room. It is dark. They turn the light on, and da, 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 da. Russ was right. Someone has been watching him. There are a freakish number of pictures of Russ. So creepy. So creepy. And some of them have lines on them leading to him. But not all of them. Like yeah. these red dotted lines. We're going to talk about that a little later. But actually, we're going to talk about it right now. Well, after we <laughs> do our scene. intro. 
Yeah, this episode is a little bit of a dud, but it is. There's the interesting things about it. Yes. Especially the chemistry between Booth and Brennan. I'm like, whoa. Get a room. Why are we talking about the X-Files, Brittany? No reason. I I don't spoil anything. Hold on. Let's take a call. There's an alien in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a call. Hold on. Hello, you're on the air with Brittany and Kelly in the morning. Oh, you guys uh, doing the podcast? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You can't hear her laughing. Hi, (laughs) Greg. He says hi. Oh, good. Enjoy. I'm going out with Ben. Okay, bye. Bye. I thought you were going to pull up some X-Files thing. No! I don't know why. I thought it was going to be some, like, X-Files scene or something. Like, hello? Are you the alien? I was like, oh, she has some hair. Oh man, I wish I had been. It's just Greg. Sorry. Greg is great too. That's okay. So why are we talking about the X-Files? Tell us. Okay, well, it is because the director, which I have Mm -hmm. horrible names, so you're going to have to tell me what his name is. The director of this episode is David Duchovny. There we go. That's the one. Yes. Oh, you should bring your mic closer. That sounded really good. Hello. Uh, X- oh hi that sounds so good okay i just want to know it started airing back in the 90s it aired from 1993 okay so what was he doing what was david doing in 2006 that's what i want to know living off the money he made from x-files pretty much no david duchovny he's a busy boy very busy in many many ways many many ways so busy. he's been in a lot of stuff actually Honey. whenever he's in something i'm always like oh the movie came out in 08 what about the tv show that was a couple of years ago yeah that was the second that was so iteration. good that was 2018 it came out um yeah. the newer one but the original one was the 90s 1993 yeah. for 11 which seasons. i watched which i watched in whistler every friday night 1993 no when did it come out i'm sorry i got my time all messed up here it finished in may 2002 september 1993 is when it started 
And then its last episode ran in May 2002. That's wild. That's like the long time, right? Um, that is a long time. I did watch it in Whistler. On Friday nights, I would watch Melrose Place and X-Files. That was on in, in the 90s. X-Files is so good. It's so, it's so, so good. good. Melrose Place was great, too. I don't know if I've ever watched Melrose Place, but I've seen <clears> a lot of X-Files, including we watched like the whole new series. You did? I think, yeah. Is that going to be, is that coming back? I feel like I it was a limited. It was limited. Yeah. Jillian's got things to do with her life. Oh my God. Know? She's like famous. She's a busy lady. Yeah. I think it was she's just. She's so beautiful. I love her. She's gorgeous. She's one of the, like one of Greg's hall passes him, her and like Helen Mirren. He loves like British ladies, yeah. you know, he's got a thing. <laughs> <laughs> He thinks Helen Mirren is awesome. So you don't know who Helen Mirren is. No, okay. I do. I'm pausing because I think I just saw. Mm. I think she all the trailers that played before the movie. Oh yeah, what was the one that she she was in. She's in a movie coming out. Who Helen Mirren? Yeah. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know who she is. But yes, I, she's in a movie. What is she? What is she in? That's coming what out. The one. That's what I'm trying to. I haven't was... heard of her being in something. Actually, um... I'm usually in the know of these things, but let me look it up. I'm gonna. Oh, maybe not. I thought for sure. Oh, upcoming. This is previous. Barbie. She's in the oh. Barbie movie. I saw her and I was like, "Oh, yes." I couldn't believe it. Barbie. That movie looks so cheesy. It looks great. It's got oh, like Ryan uh, Gosling and yeah. Margot Robbie and everybody. She was in Fast and Furious 9. I need to know. And she's in the new adaptation, the new sort of Yellowstone um, adaptation. Okay. 1923. Have you heard it? I've heard, yeah. I haven't watched yeah. it. She's in that with Harrison Ford. Oh, that guy, he, Tomb Raider. Well, no, sorry, not Tomb Raider. Indiana <laughs> oh boy. Jones, baby. Thank you. I yeah. said it so like so confidently too. Indiana Jones, Han Solo. Come on, he's. But there's a, the new all. Indiana Jones is coming out, and they CGI'd his face to be younger. What it is for, so like, weird? Old for so they have like they have like flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, and like. That's a new thing they're doing. They're That's putting so dead insane. people in movies. They're CGIing people's faces. It's That's crazy. crazy to me. That's so crazy. Like, and he actually looks like he's definitely old. He's aged, but like, he looks great. Obviously, like, obviously, what fountain of youth is he drinking from? Because clearly, he's still able to work. Incredible wealth. That's what he's yeah. drinking from. The, the fountain of the fountain of wealth. wealth. <laughs> <laughs> the fountain of plastic surgery and unlimited wealth unlimited wealth and the new thing now for women to lose weight is ozempic a diabetes medication have you heard of this no everybody in hollywood's taking it to lose weight they're all skinny now because they're taking this diabetes med medication oh my gosh it's brutal because the side effects are not good i feel like it's gonna take one person to die from it for that it to or i don't know man I don't that's know, brutal. 
It is brutal. Like if they have diabetes, then good for them for taking their medication. But like, if you don't, maybe you shouldn't be taking things like it. No, aren't prescribed to you, but that's fine. Anything to lose weight, right? People do anything. God, they're living in a machine down there. I feel bad for them, really. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a. I wouldn't want to be a celebrity. Oh, like I would love the wealth of being a celebrity, but I wouldn't want to be a celebrity. A little but bit. like a little bit but like to win the lottery tiny yeah I oh, to pay Honey. off a mortgage like yeah that'd be nice but people do come out of the woodwork so don't be careful what you ask for that's true yeah well do you want to like, keep talking about this episode uh, okay fine i'll, <laughs> I'll keep getting sidetracked off. i'm like oh i want to talk about something else <laughs> so after we come back from our intro we're off to the races we figured that our victim Garrett Delaney was stalking Russ. Booth and Russ and Brennan, are they at the diner? They're in a conference room at the FBI. They're at the FBI, sorry. And they're looking at the photographs they found in Garrett Delaney's uh, secret room that are really creepy. And they're all of Russ. And Booth says he's being hunted. These pictures are basically angles where somebody could shoot you and kill you from. And he tells, Booth tells Russ to call his girlfriend and yeah. tell her that she doesn't know where he is if anyone calls. So Russ yeah. looks super scared. Brennan immediately offers her place for him to stay. And they're just very like trying to deal with the immediacy of this sort of revelation. But somehow Russ at the same time is like, well, the person who wanted to kill me is dead. So obviously the problem is solved. And Booth and Brennan are both like, it's not though. We got to figure out why he was trying to kill you yeah because there could we need be to find the guy people. who killed him yeah exactly, exactly yeah There's a lot of stuff going on that we need to take care of and you don't know if he's in totally safe yet yeah exactly we are back to sorry i just mm-hmm. realized that the next scene has hodgins and angela <laughs> and we are back to them being super cute but subtle like they're not over the top like lovey-dovey hodgins no. isn't like try to make moves on her in front of everyone it's just very sweet and subtle and i really like it okay i'm eating it up so tell me about the scene since you tell you more about it since i love it so much (laughs) so we're in angela's office and they were looking they're looking at the paper that was pulled from delaney's throat which was dated signed and initialed on both sides of the page so february 1978 is the date that this paper is from looks like some sort of cop notebook they have some um it has some writing on it that says i will not put an innocent man in prison just because he is a political threat marvin beckett hasn't broken any law fortunately angela is talking to the conspiracy theorist of all conspiracy theorists so Hodgins knows everything and knows who Marvin Beckett is. And this is some guy from the sixties who was a civil rights activist. And he ended up going to jail um, in 1978. He went to prison for life. So February, 1978 is when his paper's from 1978. He was sent to prison. So it was the reason he went to prison is because he was convicted of killing an FBI agent named Gus Harper. <sighs> And then Angela is like, what? Oh, my God. (laughs) Augustus Harper? 
<laughs> and it turns out that the person who had signed off on this was Augustus mm-hmm. Harper. So mm-hmm. he was the one who actually wrote the Marvin Beck and hasn't broken any laws. I don't want to send a incident to prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, oh shit. Delaney, his murder is somehow connected to Marvin Beckett going to prison. Mm-hmm. And then Hodgins compliments Angela because she's so good at her job. Yes, he does. He gets very enthusiastic. He says, oh man, when you're good, you're really good. That was yeah. the only creepy moment that Hodgins had throughout the whole episode. Yes. And it Thank wasn't that creepy because it, it it's came kind off. of implied. It was a little creepy, Brittany. Okay, but at this point, obviously, we don't know if they're no, I don't yet know or not. Happening. But it seems like there's some chemistry. So it's to me, there's some implication that there's something going on. Anyway, moving and on. And if there isn't, Paris. whoa, it, yeah, it was <laughs> moving on. Hodgins and Angela. Ugh. <laughs> no, I mean we'll talk about it later. I have opinions, but Hodgins shows okay. this note to Booth, and Booth is standing oh there reading God. the note in the hallway. Hodgins is very excited, and every he's trying to explain the note to Booth. He keeps pointing at the note. Booth takes Hodgins's hand, moves it away from him like several times during this conversation, and Hodgins keeps enthusiastically pointing at the page and pointing at it and banging he's like on it pounding and, on it yeah he's like look look this is what the story is oh my god can you believe it's conspiracy blah 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 and then booth keeps removing his hand removing his i love this little bit i thought it was oh, so yeah. funny and then yeah, at one booth point he goes, actually talks up <laughs> speaks up sorry yeah then booth goes i can read i can read like he's just like please stop doing that and then he asks <laughs> hodgins who else knows about this note and hodgins says you meet angela and Boo says, okay, keep it that way. And then Hodgin goes, oh, I've seen this movie. I go home and I get killed. So then Booth goes, don't go home. And then Hodgins is like, wait, are you serious? Really? But also too soon. Like he literally was kidnapped. Oh my God. And put underground and almost died like three episodes ago. So can I just ask you? Yes. That scene with the paper in the booth and Hodgins. Oh, it was like, hilarious. But it wasn't necessary, right? No. There's so many aspects of this that are not necessary. Like they have throughout this episode, they have to reiterate this story and explain it to us. I kept That's forgetting how... the names. I kept forgetting what was going on. It's it took because me... it's so convoluted. <laughs> it's so convoluted. All the only there's only one thing that matters. There's only yes. one thing that matters in this whole thing because it's a and, character defining thing. Right. And, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like they have to constantly explain this to us because <laughs> they think we're dumb. A B it's convoluted. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also there's 48 scenes in this episode, which is a lot like on That's average. Why I like had so 30. many notes. It's so long. Yeah. It's a lot of scenes and a lot of them are very short like the one we just t- the, all of the ones we talked about um and most of them don't really get you anywhere okay so let's just quickly i'm yes. going to do this quickly let's and then Barb. we can move forward well no i'm gonna i'm just going to try to reiterate so the issue okay. is in ohio in the 70s there was an fbi task force that turned dirty by getting the cut of profits from bank robbers that they're actually supposed to be catching. The task force people 
want to plant a bunch of stolen money on this dude, Marvin Beckett. Augustus Harper is a clean agent on this task force, and he wants to blow the whistle on them. So then the the conspiracy is, is that the FBI killed Augustus because he was going to rat on them, and then they framed Marvin for the murder. Yes, you nailed okay. that. That was perfect. I tried to make sense of it. That's all. <laughs> well, you nailed it. So we have a dead Gus Harper who mm-hmm. got married eight months before he died to a lady named Barbara Harper. And basically she has nothing to tell them because first of all, she was only married to him for eight months. The only thing that she has to tell them is that basically the FBI murdered Gus and she's certain of that. And she's certain that um, Marvin Beckett was framed. Um, But basically they, they said like, play along, be the grieving widow and then you'll get your money. But otherwise like you're not going to get a penny. She does give them some information, just one Honey, small piece of information. Honey, she's a treasure trove of information. Are you kidding me? Okay, yeah, she is. FBI once, murdered. Once she uh, finds FBI out murdered that Marvin. Yeah, exactly. Once, yeah, she, once she, she knows that, that they're food. good. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because at first she's a little bit Sorry. skeptical. She's like, "No, you're right." At first she's like, "Um, yeah, you're FBI. Like, you're the one. Like, you guys killed him. What the fuck? Why are you trying to yeah. question me?" And yeah. when she realizes that they're really just trying to find the truth, and she says, "Like, okay." The FBI came to me after he was murdered and basically said, like, be a grieving widow. Otherwise, you get nothing, number one. Number two, um, what she never told the FBI is that there was a diary, several audio tapes, field notes that Gus had kept in a safety deposit box. Um, But surprise, that safety deposit box was located at Ohio for a savings and loan in Dayton. And do we remember if that place got robbed and who it got robbed by? Right. So Brennan freaks out, leaves the room. Booth follows her. She says, oh, my God, that's the same bank my parents robbed right before they disappeared. So Booth says, this is where I was like, okay, here we go. This is where Booth. I'm I'm doing melting hands right now. Melt. Kelly really really likes Booth. This episode is wild for Booth. Anyway, <laughs> Booth tells her to go home and be with her brother, and she actually takes his advice. Like yeah. she goes, she leaves. Like he says, you need know. to go home. You need to be Did with she your hit brother. Hit her head. I know. She's like acting very not like. Brennan at he's all. laughing she's willing to go home like ha 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 and like letting him pull her everywhere like oh oh yes i'm raggedy ann exactly <laughs> yeah she does go home which is great they're talking um, so close and brennan is breathing so hard oh my god she sounds yeah. like she's in the middle of an orgasm when she's talking and, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like brennan go home Brennan, go okay. home. Okay. Uh, go Deal, deal with that at home. <laughs> Cam's, Cam's here. She can't see that. <laughs> I'm working on with Wayne right now. It's not working, but it's... <laughs> Apparently, it's a skill that he could develop over the next couple months, so I'm very excited for that. Oh, what, being quiet? For him, no. For him to be like, shh. <laughs> 
Oh no, he's gonna do it to you. Oh, for sure. And I'm gonna laugh. You're gonna be so like, hard. Wayne, put that back. He'll go, shh. Oh yeah. And then I'll be on this uh, on this podcast being like, God damn it, Wayne shushed me. And you'll be like, <laughs> go back and listen to that episode where you said you were so excited for it to happen. Use <laughs> <laughs> you taught him. Oh my god. Okay. Hmm. So where are we now? We're back at the lab in yes. Zach's office. Maybe an office where Zach is. And Angela shows a photograph to Zach and says, you think this could be Delaney? Mm. I guess based on his skull. And he agrees that, yeah, for sure. That's definitely him. Right. And we got to keep going with this anyway. And then (laughs) (sighs) Zach. (laughs) Zach asks Angela about whether she thinks that cam will care about how he looks basically right and angela not so subtly tells him that although brennan doesn't care and if brennan was the boss it would be no problem cam will care if he's presentable and she's going to be his boss if he gets hired yeah he wants he's a student and he wants to be hired yeah so So he wants to be hired that's how it starts he wants the job there. He wants to continue working there. So he's like, you know, what's stopping me from getting this job? And like you said, basically how he looks and that Cam is yeah. not going to be cool with it. Which they always make fun of him for not being good in front of a jury, which I never thought was because of his look. I thought it was always because like he would get you nervous or like. Yeah, but also there's no evidence of him not being good in front of a jury. No, but they always, they talk like several episodes. They've talked about it. We've Um, talked about this. this. Yeah. We've totally talked about this, but in this episode, they seem to imply that part of it is like his look that he wouldn't look good in front of a jury. They wouldn't take him seriously because he looks like a kid basically. And I thought that was out of left field. Like I didn't. Really I think, think this whole plot line is questionable. I don't believe any of it. I think it's. I think crazy. he just wanted a haircut. <laughs> I think it's crazy. It's kind of sad, like and especially through like a 2023 lens. Ha! <laughs> um, happy New Year. Um, happy New Year. <laughs> it is a little. I don't think <clears throat> that this type of storyline would fly. It's not that. It's like, okay, yeah, okay. It's not very woke, whatever. I just find it hard to believe. Like, scientists are notoriously like, yeah, come on, they're man. Not dressing up like they're an accountant. Like, give me a well, break. Not even that. They're not like, it's not about appearances, really. And I mean, what's it take to put on a suit and go to court? Plus, we saw in Girl in a Fridge in season one, he was fine on the stand. It was Brennan that yeah. has a hard time on the stand. Yeah, this is a new thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know they why they mentioned... keep harping on it. Yeah, I don't get it. But yeah. anyway, so we end anyway. up back at Brennan's apartment. Mm-hmm. And this is a, to me, this was also a little bit of a filler scene. Mm. Is Russ is, has like school photos of his girlfriend's daughters. <laughs> and he just has them down on the table. And is like, Haley is six and Emma is eight. Mm-hmm. And then anyway it's so weird i think he's trying to show brennan like who his who her future nieces are going to be yeah or step nieces i guess but 
Um, yeah, Brennan's not paying attention at all. She's totally preoccupied. Then we find out that Haley has some like medical condition. One of the girls has a medical condition. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, why are we hearing about this to begin with? And then I'm like, oh, is is he asking for money? But then Brennan offers him money. And then he's like, no, no, I need to do right by, by these kids. And I have to take care of my own. And I'm a good mechanic. I'm just going to work. And I'm wonderful. Anyway, Booth comes by. Thank God. Yeah, like because the doorbell what was rings happening. whatever. And she opens the door. And I was like, how does she know it's him? She didn't look in the yeah, she didn't look or anything. And he kind of Hello, bur- <laughs> bursts into the room, like with all this information. So he shows up with information on Gus, Augustus Harper. Yeah. And this is where we learn that Delaney, Garrett Delaney, the murdered person from the beginning of the show, was worked under Gus. Delaney yeah. was Gus's, like underneath him, I guess. And then. I want you to talk about this part because he has a list of all the bank robbers from that yeah. heist and their code names. They all have different code names. So yes. there was Lewis, Clark, Magellan, Cook, and Columbus. Mm-hmm. So all these different explorer- explorers. And then Russ points <clears throat> to photos that look like, I don't know, uh, they're okay. They look like they're photos that were taken from a distance. But at the same time, they look posed. Anyway, <laughs> so they look like surveillance photos, but at the same time, it's like, hey, just <laughs> pose a little, like, get my good side. Yeah. Um, and Russ is like, oh, oh my God, that's mom and dad. Like, no shit. Everyone in the whole room knows that, including all the viewers. Um, so every single person that is photographed there is deceased, except for their dad. And surprise, surprise. I don't know why Booth held Booth held, withheld quite a bit of information. So yeah. um that coin that was found, if we remember, it was a Christopher Columbus coin. And it turns out that the dad's code name was Columbus. So Brennan and everyone else ties together that oh I just shit. took this picture of myself posing but not posing. I like it. See, this is exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what the photos look like. I was going to try to do one of me like walking like, huh? <laughs> Get my good side. It's that's exactly you Brittany nailed it. Brittany is hard at work telling the story. I'm taking <laughs> selfies. Oh my God. Honestly, we, okay, this is kind of important, but basically Cole's yeah. version, this Russ guy has future daughters and whatever, who cares? Booth is, um, there with some important information turns out that their dad is columbus and columbus surprise surprise shot a man in the head hung from a pole gutted him and set him on fire and bam their father's a murderer which like isn't far off all the other crimes he's committed so i don't know why they're that surprised but i guess they're trying to find him so Hmm. the fact that he's that close by and like hasn't visited ridiculous very weird so yeah, I don't know. Russ is really standing up for his dad and thinks that it's their fault, or more like Brennan's fault, that he's even had to do any of this, that his dad has even had to come out of the woodwork. And mm. it's all because 
Brennan has been trying to search for him and they should have listened to the the tape that said back off and Brennan's like what are you talking about we haven't really been actively searching for him all we could find was what we found at the grave site which is that little dolphin and this voicemail saying back off those those are the two things we have of this of this guy otherwise we don't we haven't heard from him at all anyway Russ calls himself a loser on parole and when he's describing how they're kids of a career criminal and she is not having that won't let him call himself a loser i know and it was so kind sweet. of sweet yeah it was yes because was russ a is nice thinking moment. yeah it was nice because russ was saying to brennan like for her to have some perspective he thought maybe booth wasn't telling her everything like about what he's been finding in his little yeah. independent investigation <clears throat> Uh, because he's an FBI agent, Russ is on parole, their father's a criminal, like, yeah. why would he tell Brennan everything? You know what I mean? He'd probably but keep Brennan, it. Brennan, yeah, sorry, he would keep it close to the chest, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, mm-hmm. like, I don't see Booth keeping secrets from her. No, me neither. Maybe we'll be proved wrong, but <laughs> I don't see that being the case. We'll see. No but spoilers, no, Brittany. No spoilers. I just, it's just a nice moment. It's a really sweet moment between the two of them. Um, Again, Brennan is a good sister. She's a good friend. She is. She's a good person. She, although we don't know how much time has passed between all these episodes. Yeah. But she basically went from, like, I hate my brother. He abandoned me. Like, I hate his guts to repairing the relationship very mm. quickly yeah yeah that Which was is the amazing last, the last episode of season one right yeah and then well i mean we're already like halfway through season two so it it's makes true sense. no it totally makes sense it's just like the character growth we're seeing from her is pretty unbelievable it's impossible to know what time of year it is at this point so yeah it's hard to tell but that's okay mm-hmm. okay oh my god okay I love Next. this woman. Here we go. Next, we have a scene where Booth is at the Royal Diner with our friend Caroline Julian, our lovely, lovely, lovely lawyer from what the hell? Man in the Morgue. Yes. From New Orleans. She is an assistant United States attorney. Yes. She's, yeah, she's our, one of our favorite characters. She has a lot of attitude and she has no time for any funny business and she's ready to get to work. She's being served donut holes, which Booth tries to take one. And she's like, I never said you could have one of my freaking donut holes, put it back on the plate. And Booth is basically asking her to help them with this case. And he's yeah. like trying to bring her into the fold because she's one of the good guys and she's she has a history, I think, with the Marvin Beckett of it all. Like she yeah. is very familiar with it, the whole situation. I, she says that it's because just as an African American woman, like it's something that they really closely, like everyone from she was saying basically everyone in the African American community saw this guy because he was a civil rights activist saw him yes. as a hero and and truly honestly believed that he was framed for the murder yeah so for him to be for, if they discover that that's the case 
that would yeah. be like unbelievable. So that's something that she's willing to stake her career on basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. Which it, it could actually affect her career because she's starting to stir up some stuff. People are accusing the FBI of like some pretty seedy business here. I absolutely exactly. love these two together. Booth and Caroline oh, yeah. are a dream team. I think she's amazing. I love how domineering she is and she just tells booth what's going on and he just says does whatever she tells she's so bossy i love it so much he'll do anything oh, she yeah. tells him to do he so she's listens. coming yeah he just listens to her so she's coming up with some plans the first idea is to exhume uh, augustus harper's body um to determine whether or not he actually died the way the fbi said he died and that would require her pulling some strings with a judge to get um what's it called when you get an exhumation order oh, i was gonna say exhumed but i don't know yeah so she has to get an exhumation order from a judge so that's gonna be yeah. a whole bunch of stirring up stuff so then they she decides okay i'll help you then she offers booth a donut hole good like reward good job good dog. how do you spell donut d-o-n-u-t okay or should it be D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T? I spell it D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T. What is the proper Canadian I think spelling? they're both right, but the Canadian slash British, I would think would be the D-O-U-G-H, personally. I'm looking this up. Because I spell favorite, F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. I did too. Color is C-O-L-O-U-R. Mm. 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 How do you spell donut? Donut is an alternative spelling of donut. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, some dictionaries say, oh, donut, like you said, D-O-N-U-T is a U.S., is an American Figures. spelling. And basically everyone else spells it D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T. Which would Except for the Aussies. The Aussies call them Donnies. I like a Donny, please. Really? No, I'm joking. It's because... Oh. Aussies always shorten everything. They call them instead of presents, they're prezies. If instead of an umbrella, they call brawly. And you know, they call everything everything short. Barbecues Barbie. You know? Um at dinner tonight, the waitress asked us how our dinner was. And I said, it was delish. And I was like, what the? After I said it, I was like instantly embarrassed. I was like, what is wrong with me? Anyway. Nothing's wrong with you. It's fine. It was delish. Thanks. It was delish. Oh my god! Like I can't get over how delish. It's like amazing. So delish. <laughs> so amazing. Oh my god! I was dying. Ugh. Okay. Okay. So now Where are we back at the lab? We're back at the, back lab, at the lab with Zach and back Brennan. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. This scene is hilarious. Yes. Um, they are figuring out that. Garrett Delaney was shot with a 22 caliber gun, whatever, who cares? That's not even important. Move forward. Brennan talks to Zach about yes. whether he's worried about getting his doctorate. Mm -hmm. And he's not, to my mm -hmm. surprise, based on how that first scene went. Because Dr. Grayson, one of the professors that was on his committee, touched him with an open hand on the shoulder, as opposed to a closed hand with fist because apparently an open hand signifies respect and approval <laughs> but bumping with a closed fist conveys yeah. doubt 
Yeah. So then Brennan, first of all, Zach, like, doesn't just say these words. He's like showing her. Yeah. And very aggressively, like patting her on the shoulder and then punching her in the shoulder. <laughs> and then Brennan, the Joker, apparently, the comedian that she is, <laughs> is like, no, Zach, what if it's just because he's an elderly and arthritic man and he just was needing help staying on his feet and he just reached out and then she like grabs him like she's falling over like an old man. And then just taps him three times on the shoulder, like trying to show her kind of struggling to stand up. And then the security guard is behind them. Looks like he's going to pull his gun. <laughs> Did you notice that? He like no, had this... his hand on his, on his gun. Well, it's because he just had used his pass key. My favorite security guy shows up use, after using his pass key, came up on the platform and tells Brennan that she has visitors in her office. Yeah, well, and then Brennan turns around, taps Zach on the shoulder three times with the hand, and then walks <laughs> away. But no, this security guard, I want to pull it up. I have it. Okay. But I'm just Two. waiting for this, like that part. She was saying he's elderly or arthritic. Okay, here we go. He is, yeah, no, he fully puts his hand on his weapon. Really? I'm going to show you. Okay. Watch, watch him. Can you see him? Yeah. Watch him come up behind. I'm watching. And he looks and Pass. Then he puts his hand. Did you see how he put his hand on his gun? Yeah, I think that's just a security guy like thing. A, like they a do that sort thing? of thing. Yeah. Because it's right okay. there. It's like they're rusting their hand on the handle of their gun. True. I can't believe he has a gun. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And Brennan doesn't have I just one. realized it. Like, why do they have guns at the Jeffersonian? I have no idea. That's weird. Maybe after okay. that big security incident where they got buried alive, maybe that was part of it. Maybe. Or they stole the pirate bones. Who knows? Oh, yeah. There's a couple problems. Although the pirate bones were stolen by a security guard. <laughs> I know. It's kind of, yeah. Kind of counterintuitive. But anyway. Um, um, okay. Where are we? <clears throat> Russ is in Brennan's office with a priest named Coulter. So it starts out, they're not even in her office, are they? They're in like a hallway. <sighs> they're in a hallway or something. They're not even in her office right now. No, yeah, they're, they're just, just like by the stairs. out on a stairwell. And I was like, I wrote in my notes like, where are they? Like, it's I've never seen this staircase before in my life. So they start talking like they're very familiar with each other. Like, oh, this guy was best friends with your father. And remember the story about them getting into trouble when they're younger. It's not relevant. It's just some silly story from their father's youth that apparently he and Coulter used to hang out together all the time. Booth walks down the stairs. From where? We don't know. I have no idea where he's coming from. So they're talking about blowing shit up and then booth is like oh you know that's illegal and all that and then brennan is smiling like a cheshire cat when she's in the hallway with russ and booth and this guy that knew her father and she's just like i don't know she looks like she's just so happy to be surrounded by these guys she finally introduces booth to coulter as her partner and the way she does it i was like meow I was I like, know. the way she was like, this is my partner, agent, you know, Sealy My Booth. partner in life. 
Yeah, really. And then Russ jokes that to Coulter that he should be careful about it, these old stories because uh, Booth is an FBI agent. And then Coulter's very, very casual, super relaxed, confident. He's joking around that he's innocent and blames it all on their father, Max. But I have to say, Booth is immediately, immediately kind of giving this guy side eye i just oh, noticed yeah. like he's immediately he suspicious skeptical. of this guy he's yeah, very like exactly. who the hell is this guy he shows up out of the blue what the hell is going on with russ like who the fuck is this guy that russ who is bringing is along yeah. and i was like writing in my notes weren't they already in her office i'm so confused by the geography of the lab like i don't understand yeah. what the staircase is and well, uh they all we find out that Coulter has a message from their father and they start to pile into Brennan's office and Coulter goes to shut the door right in Booth's face. Like he's oh, not yeah. invited in the office, but then Russ stops him and says, no, no, she's going to tell him anyway. You may as well let him in. You know, we need to talk about that later. Side note. We need to talk about that. I agree. Yes. But then we'll you're going to start talking about what happens in the office. And then I'm going to interject because I have yeah. things to say. This is a weird scene. So basically Father Coulter's, well, they all go into the, they're all there. So Father Coulter, Booth, Brennan, and Russ. Um, and Father Coulter has a message from their dad. And the message is back off. And apparently the father said that they'd understand that message. And Booth is like you said like very skeptical very suspicious of this guy and he's like oh like where do you see him i did not know that the sanctity of confession is extended to all did you know that i did not know that so apparently he saw him in confession um and then father Coulter's like oh interesting okay um has he ever called you on your cell phone and apparently he called him two days ago so he wants to see father Coulter's phone which he gives up immediately um and seems to know immediately that he's going to want to trace the call and he's like yeah yeah of course so wait yeah this is just a weird situation i want you to see booth's face this is booth's face this is the face of someone being like oh oh yeah really no when he says oh you want to see my phone and he goes yeah yeah i do want to see your phone yeah like he's like wow the way he yeah, does I that, do. that's such a this, fuck you face no but this is to me this is david duchovny doing this like this is what david duchovny is making david boreanis i we oh, need to t- we need to get that. through here the way he's being directed in this episode yeah. i just find it so fascinating it's very it's very like passive aggressive but his character is like yeah super dry passive aggressive and like yeah sly and just kind of like cool I didn't very notice cool. that he's very cool like the Which way he walked not... away from hodgins earlier like oh then don't go home and then he walks away like drops the mic yeah. and walks away like it's very cool yeah which is a little out of character for him <laughs> yeah but it's david duchovny i'm telling you that's I don't, so uh, well, interesting i don't know if david duchovny like told him to do this or yeah. if david boreanis is just adapting to that style he's just trying to like he and david duchovny i would think are kind of equal right? yeah it's kind of like an interesting 
alpha ego kind of situation yeah. i'm just very curious david come on the show and tell me please, please uh, we need the inside scoop i need to know so go on we don't really get much further with this guy apparently he's nope. going to be at the saint augustine seminary for the next few days then he'll go back to ohio but he's not going to be here for very long but father Coulter has a message for brennan but only brennan he does not say this to russ and the message is brennan your father loves you and apparently that's a personal observation not a direct message from the father mm. but nothing to russ <laughs> but that's fine anyway should we go back to booth's office now yeah we're back at booth's office we're looking again reiterating the same information over and over again we're talking about the case and how this all started with the dolphin back at her mother's grave and blah 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 blah, blah. yeah the main point is is that booth is pissed because there's a dirty agent there's a dirty fbi agent and they have to uncover him and he and brennan's like wow you must be really annoyed <laughs> yeah and he's like yeah i'm annoyed of course he is but then he does this thing where he walks over to his office door and closes the door because so he's going to have a secret quiet conversation with yes. brennan something so that no thinks, other fbi agent can hear no because he doesn't he doesn't know who's good who's bad blah 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 right yeah so booth his theory is that delaney the garrett delaney the victim from the beginning of the show asked max keenan brennan and russ's father to hand over the evidence that was stolen from the bank all those years ago and booth thinks that max called russ to warn him and brennan about the threat that was on their lives and then proceeded to that Max killed Delaney to show them not to mess with his kids. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, I think so. So basically he's being threatened by this guy then and says, you hand over the information. Otherwise I'm going to kill your kids. Yes. yes. And then he says, okay, I'm going to warn my kids and I'm also going to kill you. So that's cool. So it's interesting in the scene yeah i think because well something happens at the end of the scene which is important but i find this scene interesting because booth fully stands up for max's behavior yeah he says that he's he actually respects him for standing up for his family because he would rather any day take a stand-up crook over a like over a crooked cop yeah is he finds anyway there's something admirable about standing up for his family but anyway that's all this is all interrupted while they're getting each other's they get in each other's faces a little bit yes and then caroline comes in and is like hey we gotta go meet a judge let's go yeah they gotta and, go see a judge about exhuming the body so booth has booth, to run off with her exactly booth is Booth's like, I find it best to just do what she says. <laughs> <laughs> so like a dog with his tail between his legs, Booth yep. walks out of, out, of the, out of the office, leaving Brennan behind at FBI headquarters by herself. 
I guess she should just come and go as she pleases. I but like, know. I thought he thought that there was someone in the FBI that was a threat. Oh, that's a good point. He's like, escort her out. Go. Can I walk you to your car? Let's yeah. go. We got to leave. I want you to call me when you get home. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something. Exactly. Instead, so the like, next, gotta go. Um, yeah, I got to go. So the next scene, it doesn't blah, blah, blah. Caroline yes. and Booth meet with this judge. Yes. It so it just so happens that Caroline has history with this judge, and this judge also has history with the Marvin Beckett case, or he's very familiar yes. with it. While Booth and Caroline are meeting with the judge, a representative of uh from the legal side of the FBI comes in and interrupts them to argue against his approving the exhumation of Augustus Harper. Yeah. So in the end. Caroline uses her relationship with the judge and his relationship to this case to sort of sway him towards approving yeah. the exhumation. And I think that I think it's implied that he's not just familiar with the case, but he, he was actually friends with Marvin Beckett. Yes, something like that. That they were so friends. she this is the perfect person for them to go to because they're the he, this is the most likely person to help them. Because yeah. it sounds like there's some other judges. There's another judge that Booth had suggested right off the bat that she was like, no, we're not going to that person. But they have this FBI agent that comes in and is really trying to stop this exhumation from happening. Yeah. And it's just so interesting. It's like someone had heard that they were going to go do that. And it was like, oh, we got to go. Like, we got to get someone in there. And it doesn't work. But to me, that almost puts a bigger target on them because yes and they are like, a bigger target because they're really rustling ruffling some feathers and yeah. stirring up a lot of shit right now so which mm. it and and to me from this point at this point the fact that they're trying to stop the exhumation to me says oh shit this guy for sure was actually murdered by the fbi it's like pretty telling it I seems agree. like that has to be the case because otherwise they'd be like yeah fuck it go ahead whatever you're gonna find the same thing that we found before um yeah we we actually get the exhumation order working very quickly because in the very next scene we see a casket being wheeled through the jeffersonian and we end up in i think cam's lab yeah the autopsy room the autopsy room so we're looking at this body and immediately cam knows literally just by looking at the body with no further examination they haven't even opened it but she can tell immediately that he had two shots to the chest and then another shot. Mm -hmm. And of these bullet wounds, they were from a different gun than yep. what was in the autopsy report. And just by looking at them, she can tell that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Within Looks seconds, like we have a know. problem. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and it's, and she's <clears throat> saying that the, the ones that they were trying to cover up, are from like a sniper rifle yeah so someone murdered him from a distance so insane <coughs> excuse me um Wild. then we have the most idiotic scene i've ever seen in my life okay. thank you this is very <laughs> interesting because the next scene we have booth and russ meeting in this sort of clandestine manner at the royal diner in front of a huge fucking window yeah fine they always sit there that's not the issue is that we're She's getting the being targeted 
point Why of would you view. Sit in front? I agree. Sorry, so we have the point of view of someone who's watching Booth and Russ meet at the diner, and it's all very shaky and sort of how do you call that? It's like handheld camera kind of yeah. stuff, where it's like you're what you're wa observing them. So the conversation that Booth and Russ have are is kind of inconsequential at the table because ultimately what happens is Booth and Russ are having a moment where Booth is covering Russ's tracks because Russ decided to cross state lines. We don't know why at this point. We're assuming, like Booth's assuming it's for criminal activity. And yeah. Booth covered his ass by saying that Russ was actually aiding in an FBI investigation. There's a couple of times in this episode where Booth kind of covers for Russ in different situations. Yeah. So he's sort of what's that word endearing himself to russ in a way yeah but it's weird though because it's like he, he's only doing that in my opinion for brennan of course he is he's not doing it because he necessarily even likes russ he's doing yeah. it because he's tolerating russ because he's brennan's brother yeah so and booth is brennan's partner <laughs> however you want to interpret that <laughs> so they have this little chit chat and then all of us a sudden bam there's a shot coming out through the window and boost like get down and everybody's freaking out at the diner and whatever it was crazy and russ actually was grazed by a bullet booth is yeah. obviously unharmed but clearly russ was the person being aimed at and happened to move at the exact moment that he was being shot at so it was very lucky that he didn't get killed but i could not believe watching the scene just initially like even my first thought just from the way it was filmed yeah like you said from that like point of view yeah i could not believe that they were sitting in front of this humongous window i was like no i know how does that no no also this could have been a phone call <laughs> i'm just saying like hey russ you're an idiot you cross state lines without telling your parole officer but don't worry i covered for you i'm Stay gonna put that windows. at the end of every show now i'm gonna take out my hodgins yelling and i'm gonna put this could have been a phone call <laughs> you should have every episode it's so funny because there's always a scene that could have been a phone call <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay oh man we have some good news we don't even yes. hear any more about the trial other than or not the trial the this exhumation order other uh -huh. than to show that turns out their investigation showed that this guy marvin beckett was not the murderer when they performed the this autopsy, there were several inconsistencies enough that this guy Marvin Beckett ended up getting released from prison altogether, mm -hmm. which is nuts. Also, Father Coulter is there again. And yeah, they're like, at the FBI with Booth, Brennan, and Father Coulter and Russ, and they're all together talking about the case. Brennan is very wistful and grateful that Russ was with Booth at the diner. Yeah. Which is another thing. You don't have any questions like the, about that? Like the way she says it, like, oh, I'm so glad you guys were together. Like it was so glad. So glad. And then she goes, Why were you together? And then Booth says, <laughs> Man's gotta eat. So he's covering for Russ again. 
Yeah. But this is where I wrote in my notes that Booth is acting way too cool right now. He was like the whole episode oh, yeah. is acting so cool. Every scene he's in, he's like, hey, uh, hey, uh, no like problem. flipping the coins and like, yeah, whatever. I'm Don't chill. Home. I'm so cool, whatever. Like, I'm I a cool FBI agent, not a regular like, yeah, FBI agent. Yeah, I'll take agent. your phone. Give me your phone. I want to get your phone. Man. <laughs> I'm going to put my number in here. <laughs> Oh my god. Well yeah. Then what happens? We I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Father Coulter makes a comment. Yeah. About we'll what? talk about this more later. Um, where he says that it's interesting to me or something that some people still refuse to believe in guardian angels. That it was a guardian angel that protected Russ from being shot properly. Anyway, so I am very curious about what you want to say about that later, because I have no clue what you're getting at. Regardless, they're sitting in the office, chit chat, chit chat. And then boom, this guy walks in and turns out he's being told uh, to go. Oh, this guy barges in. That's it. This guy who's Booth's boss's boss's boss. He's the deputy director, deputy director of the FBI, Kirby. Tears a strip off of Booth for this uncovering and all this exhumation and all this shit they did regarding Augustus and Beckett. And he's like, what the hell? Who do you think you are going over my head and doing all this shit? Right. So then Kirby, which is so sketchy, though. I'm sorry. It's so sketchy that this guy is so upset considering Mm. it was the investigation showed. Yeah, that there was a problem. I could see this guy ripping him a new one. If it showed that there were no inconsistencies and they exhumed a body for no reason. But this, this is guy is sus. Yeah. Well, sus, it's, the problem the is, is that the FBI, all these sort of government branches are so political, right? Yeah. And it's all like who you know and who you have to go through and whose permission do you need? And don't do that because you're going to rock the boat over here and you're going to screw up this investigation exactly. over there. And it's just like you have to know like – but Booth all is very bureaucracy, like, I guess. Black and white, and Booth wants the yeah. truth, just like Brendan, all that stuff. So anyway, at, during this whole situation, this guy's yelling and screaming at Booth, tearing a strip off him, swearing, using all kinds of bad language. Oh my god! And is this and where it is. happens? Yes. This Please is where hand it over your gun and badge. You are suspended yeah. without pay. Suspends him. Which was insane. Shocking. That is such that is such an overreaction to the situation, in my opinion. Also, Booth immediately goes, yeah, I'd like to know what my charges are. Like, you can't just do that like, yeah. without a review of some kind. And he's like, you know, fuck you. Too bad. Get out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. The charges against him are that he was pissed upon from a very great height. <laughs> so he basically has 10 minutes to he gives his gun and badge and then he has 10 minutes to leave but booth is no like cubicle worker fbi agent this guy has his own office like full office so it's interesting although this guy is the boss's boss's boss but it's interesting that he wow. doesn't have a little bit more pull but anyway <clears throat> exactly where's cohen Brennan, yeah where <laughs> Where's Cohen? Where's David? Hashtag, where's Cohen? Hashtag, where's David? <laughs> where's David? 
Oh my God. Anyway, sorry. Okay. We're back at the mezzanine, the catwalk area. I thought they were the on, upper on the level. I thought they were on the platform. I don't think so. I think they're sitting in like that, that area where they had test tube shots that one time. All right. Here we go. What? We go on. What's happening? Episode. Okay. Tell me. Look it up to see if I'm right. I, 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 will. I thought so. So Brennan is shocked that Booth could be just kicked out of the FBI, basically, just like that without any warning. Um, and everyone's shocked about this. Zach approaches, trying to tell them stuff about the case. And Angela's like, Zach, um, Booth just got fired, by the way. Yeah. But she's a little bit, like, he's only suspended, so... He's a little bit offended that people are saying that he got fired. Anyway, so they are looking at the bullets and Hodgins had found some things in the bullets, copper, lead, and polymer. So apparently there's some conspiracy on their hands and they were trying to figure out the design of the bullets based on the composition of them. And Booth immediately knows what it is. They... It's some homemade round that was invented in the 70s. Some military issue sniper rifle, um, which is insane. So now they're like, oh my God, Gus Harper was actually murdered by a military sniper who makes his own rounds. It's the platform because there's a computer. Like they're sitting around. Let me just play it. I don't know why I thought... They're sitting around like the autopsy. Table. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Oh, and there's a security guard in the. No, it's not. Never mind. That's uh, not the security know. guard. That's they just are drinking coffee on the the table where they put bones. That's so weird. No, you're. Look totally at her right. drinking coffee. Yeah, that's Look at weird. Sa- Booth's so sad. He lost his like, there company was a car. Body there. Oh yeah, true. The company car. Well, <laughs> they want to compare all that to say they Ready. know what kind of bullet was used yes yes what kind of gun and they want to compare the bullet to the one that grazed russ right to see if there's a match see if they're consistent but that seems kind of far-fetched because we're talking almost 30 it's like 25 years later right something like that so why would they still be using the same bullets i don't know Booth can't really help them at all because he's suspended. So hopefully Caroline can help. That's what they're hoping for. And um, yeah, it turns out Caroline also does not have a job. She's on performance review. So whoever is behind all this conspiracy is not very happy that they're digging around. Right. Anyway. So. Where are we? Are we, are we talking to Caroline yet? We're done talking to Caroline. I kind of just skipped over that a little bit. She's in her car chatting. And basically she's on, she's on the phone with Booth and Brennan. Booth and Brennan are talking to her while she's driving. Yeah. And they're basically saying like, this is what we're looking for. Someone who was on the task force, that FBI task force who had sniper training back in the seventies. If you come across this person, steer clear of them. But if you know who it is, then inform us basically. Um, Right. And 
And while he's on the phone with her, Brennan runs over to Booth and says, we have to get the evidence from my father, hand it into the FBI, and that's how we can absolve you. Is that they can get what was in the safety deposit box? Did you say all that already? I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... (laughs) basically you know what Brittany I'm just gonna tell you at this point I'm at this point point. I'm not interested in this at all it gets more convoluted it just keeps getting more and more convoluted basically boom boom all this like action plot character action plot character it just gets piled on like it's and it doesn't help because it's like this case from 25 years ago but then we're not really talking about the guy who was just murdered no like we the guy who was murdered at the very beginning of the episode he's moot it, it's like he's not even they don't care relevant. about him no columbus Dinaman. no big deal uh, regardless the next scene zach Ugh. is telling cam that he wants to work at the jeffersonian and she basically tells him that he looks like shit and no one will take him seriously at all if he were to ever go on the stand and this is where i was asking i don't understand this he was fine and girl in the fridge yeah well they also she says that cam says straight to zach's face that he looks like a weekend weekend fill-in at a college radio station no he doesn't he looks like a scientist straight up like he looks like a phd student you can't tell people that stuff no say that to people. maybe that's his look like back off cam also cam has like a very intense haircut in the future of this show Uh and yeah maybe she shouldn't be throwing stones exactly looks good on her so be careful like you know i wouldn't like it if somebody told me i look like shit all the time either so yeah poor guy and like hodgins just piles on and is like well sometimes the truth hurts and sometimes we just got to learn from the truth zach like i thought we're supposed to be friends thanks hodgins brutal oh my god well next what do we have booth and brennan Brennan being an idiot well she's (laughs) meeting with father coulter and with booth and they're chatting with him about finding Max and telling him to tell their her father, please hand in this evidence so that we can like absolve everyone. And then Brennan learns through this conversation that Coulter, Father Coulter, is being uh, surveilled by the FBI as per Booth. But my question was, he was suspended. Yeah. So who's in charge of the surveillance of Father Coulter? I don't know. Why is he being surveilled now? I have a feeling that the surveillance started immediately as soon as he came by the first time. Because yeah, but Marvin so Beckett has been a he's Marvin Beckett's been freed. The case is closed. Why are they following Father? I don't Coulter? think it's Marvin Beckett. I think it's related to them trying to find Max Keenan. But who's is he's on trying that to case? do that separately? That's if true. Booth is because suspended. Booth is the only person. So maybe no one's surveilling him at this. No, he is being surveilled. Actually, there's a new. There's another scene that comes up that says he's being exactly. Surveilled. Unless it just keeps going, because okay, that doesn't make any sense. That's I don't know. I don't know how it works, point. man. David, you have to come on this show and explain it to me and you tell us. Explain and to do. Hopefully, he has better memory for details than I do. So. <laughs> I just found this funny because he says yes. they're basically trying to get an idea because they, the call that they tried to trace from the two days prior or whatever was untraceable because it was from the internet. 
but he they're questioning trying to get some details on max and this guy's like listen i tried to turn max to jesus but he only knows one bible verse and the one bible verse is numbers 35 19 Hmm. i don't know if i said that right i'm not all that religious 35 colon 19 Hmm. and apparently booth knows the entire bible inside and out because then he quotes yeah the revenger of blood himself shall slay the murderer when he meeteth him he shall slay him so apparently this is the law of the jungle i don't know it's weird so okay they they basically say listen if, if max contacts you again then can you just let him know that we're trying to get a hold of him and russ is gonna get killed in the meantime because he's been attempted murder's been attempted on him whatever um but father the father knows that he's under surveillance so yeah they kind of realize if father culture can figure it out then probably an experienced criminal could also figure it out but is maybe he's an experienced criminal he did blow up that train they're not train what were they called i don't remember it doesn't i'm matter. just ranting it doesn't matter God. let's move on let's talk about Zach's makeover back at the lab zach asks angela's help with a makeover she tells him he's cute just the way he is because she doesn't feel comfortable with people not you know being who they want to be but he says he wants to be taken seriously so she basically tells him the first thing you have to do is cut your hair and then so she'll the- draw a smile on him it's yeah easy. make him have a good future regardless um <laughs> that's the scene boom then back boom. in brennan's Full office brennan's which is the longest booth. scene to date by the way this is the longest scene of the entire episode what is go on this scene scene 33 yeah and it's very interesting this is weird right the all scene? the other ones are so short so back in brennan's office brennan is mad at booth that he put Coulter under father Coulter under surveillance and she tells Booth that she wants a gun. She's bugging him for a gun. He says, well, too bad. So sad. I am not, and you know, I'm suspended. I only have my one gun here. Take my handcuffs. So he gives her his handcuffs. Then Booth and Brennan are arguing about this whole situation. And there's all yeah. this gobbledygook about Booth being frustrated that Brennan needs to detach herself and he doesn't want to involve her in every aspect of the investigation they're arguing blah blah bickering right then, in each other's faces so close very close together yelling at each other god and forbid then, one of them has bad breath like honey oh. and then tic tacs tell me more while there are well while they're arguing caroline walks in to brennan's office with marvin beckett of all people he just shows up and been a phone he, call wants to tell booth and brennan thank you for freeing him at the end of the day but really he wants to tell them to beware of the people that put him in jail they're very very dangerous then booth or caroline gives booth the list of all the people on the task force who have sniper experience from that period of time yeah which is super helpful but i thought that she was suspended so somehow she's also able to get although she seems like a powerful person 
She was under review, which is different. It's not True. suspension. It's just like people are like, be careful. I'm watching you kind of situation. But then she does something that puts even more of a target on her back. So good for her. Mm. I, she's like my favorite character over the yeah. whole series. She's amazing. There's not a lot of stuff. I not There aren't a lot of ton, ton of details I remember. But her calling people Cherie is like. Shelly, Shelly. I love like, it. I love it. Makes my whole day. Sorry. Okay. So um big problem there's a very very important name on that list remember that guy that suspended booth for no reason yes uh deputy director robert kirby yes yeah so it turns out that he has a sniper experience he was on the atf task force yeah and uh yeah he was a marine sniper so looks uh-huh. like this could be the guy that actually tried to shoot russ and killed augustus yeah quite possibly yeah it doesn't seem like a great situation da, 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 da. so they Who go tells, shit yeah. this is yeah, a big holy crap. crap we have to get in contact with russ right now yes um and brennan calls and cannot get a hold of him right and it's panic immediately sets in right they we have to rush oh to God. Brennan's house to see where Russ is. Oh God! So they end and up. Then, they kick down the door. Well, the, we the big concern. Well, no, the concern is that because Caroline got this list with Kirby's name on it, it'll be immediately flagged, and the FBI will know about it. Yeah, about the list being out there. So Russ's life is in danger for sure. Brennan's yeah. probably too at this point, but. Their main concern, at least Brennan is with him. Their yes. main concern is Russ is hanging out at home alone. Like, we got to get there immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, They kick down the door. They go inside. They're calling for Russ, calling for Russ. No answer. Right. And then Brennan is just, like, beside herself. And notice, as she notices, this humongous pool of blood on the floor. And she just keeps repeating over and over and over again that it's too much blood. Nobody could have survived that. Like, she thinks at this point, it's very clear that she thinks that Russ is dead. That like there's no question that Russ is dead. Um, but they leave and they don't call in anything because Boo thinks that if they are to call in, that they would just basically be arrested that there's nothing yeah. that they could do um but the best thing to do is to test the blood for dna at the lab and figure out whether it belongs to russ or not which should be easy because she's a blood relative um and i missed something very important from the last scene and that is that she is so upset and they actually have a very sweet moment where he hugs her and she just basically cries into his shoulder i thought it was interesting that yes thank you you're pulling it out it's really sweet like he and he looks concerned too obviously but he's trying to oh yeah cool. yeah he's trying to um, reassure her like it's not yes. necessarily his blood just relax yeah. blah, blah, don't blah. worry everything's mm. fine um yeah just not the best situation obviously yeah but booth but brennan points out like you gotta stop letting me hug you when i'm scared 
And then he's like, Hey, like if I get scared, I'm going to hug you and we'll just call it even. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's a very sweet exchange. Like it was the perfect response. I thought, and we very quickly find out surprise, surprise, spoiler alert. Yeah. The blood is not Russ's cam right. tested back of the lab, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. Apparently they were able to look, apparently they have, again, this is another, like, does everyone have AB blood on the show? We've had this, and there was another episode. Oh, really? Like, oh, it's AB blood. Like, that <clears> that's rare? funny. That's funny. Um, so that's how they were able to see pretty quickly that that was not Russ because apparently has AB blood and, um, Brennan's being an idiot and she, well, her brother is missing, goes and decides to see the priest, which Booth is totally floored by and totally pissed off and literally picks up his phone right away and tries to call her. Anyway, no, he, no, that's not true. Picks up his phone because he's getting a call and it's Caroline and she's saying we need to talk. And right. this conversation for sure could have been a phone call. Do you want to talk about this next scene? I'm just <laughs> rambling on. I can talk about it. I can just keep going. <laughs> well, the next scene, Brennan's meeting with Father Coulter, who says yes. Russ is with their dad, and Brennan's relieved. And I felt like at this moment in time, even though I've seen this episode several times, the father at this point, this Father Coulter, is becoming creepy because he's. Oh, yeah super familiar and like this is where it sort of amps up their conversation gets very familiar he starts saying things very personal like he he knows her and russ very well and then the next scene caroline and booth are meeting and she's telling him that the fbi agent booth had surveilling the father is complaining about how much of a waste of time it is apparently the this father coulter that the fbi agent was sent to surveil is actually 90 years old has alzheimer's and is in a home yeah maybe they should have looked into that like the second they found that out i'm surprised that booth didn't like he took this guy's phone didn't look up father coulter nothing like yeah what's happening here regardless kind of weird holy shit fine so they're the guy's surveilling the wrong dude obviously because clearly based on the conversation that they're having i think the audience comes to at least maybe we have the benefit of seeing this that, show before that, what are you doing? but no we we think that there's something fishy going on definitely it's obvious so, right so back at the seminary father coulter is relaying some sort of tale that is very detailed from brennan's childhood it doesn't matter what the tale is i'm not going to go into it no all this to say is that he sits down and he reveals himself to Brennan as Max Keenan, her father. No shit. <laughs> there are so many, if you watch this episode as many times as we have, there are so many obvious hints. <laughs> I have crazy face right now. <laughs> it doesn't help that I have seen this entire series. So the second I saw him, I was like, I, and I texted you, I was like, well, this episode was spoiled, obviously. Because I'm watching it, and this episode is one of the only ones that you can't really go back and watch. And I think that's why we find it boring. Maybe Not- that's why it's hard. 
or yeah. it gets so long to get to the crux of it but we like know it's... that he's her father from the beginning and she's like oh father Coulter, hello how are you <laughs> yeah but brennan's mad because she's like she feels like a fool obviously yeah and i feel like brennan i agree you are a freaking fool if you didn't figure this yeah. out because like no amount of like i obviously the guy who plays max keen in the old pictures and the old flashbacks is not the same actor as the one we're no. looking at right now the one we're looking at right now and the the, the minute that this guy shows up his name's ryan o'neill he's like ultra like not to you famous but very f old hollywood famous okay yeah the minute that guy shows up something is up like there's something yeah. going whenever on they here. have a famous actor coming in to these types of things it's always like not okay just, this guy's hollywood royalty like he's royalty at this point right wild wild True. anyway well, we have this like the reason there's so many scenes in this episode is we have a lot of back and forth especially starting at this point where yes we see that Brennan is having this conversation, these conversations with um, father Coulter, AKA Max Keenan. And then on the, at the same time, he's talking to Caroline, finding out that, Oh shit, this guy isn't who they thought he was. Um, he needs to borrow her car for some reason. I don't know how he, he doesn't got have his to own begin car, with, but how did he get there? Did he take the bus there? Did Hodgins drop taxi? him off? I don't know. Maybe taxi. That's a good alternative. Um, so basically in the same like while that's happening with doctor with the the father he's racing to try to get to her because he's leaving voicemails and he's trying to get her to pick up the phone he's calling while he's driving super unsafe literally using his hand uh-huh anyway that's fine it's an old car so he's driving along and he's trying to rush over and then while we go back to the seminary Lo and behold, Russ pulls up in this car behind them, like a decent distance away, maybe like a hundred meters on the road. And she's like, wait, Russ knew it was you all along. And he confirms. Yeah. Russ has known that it was me. Yeah. Which is insane, but okay. Um, and he justifies it by saying that Russ does worse when he doesn't contact him, but she does better. Mm -hmm. What has he been in contact with Russ this entire time? Listen, we will talk about that, but have we already divulged that father Coulter slash Max is trying to give Brennan his Bible? That's next. So he wants to hand her his Bible. She's like, I'm not religious. I don't need that. And it turns out, you open the Bible and inside is Gus Harper's journal. Yes. So whatever was in the safety deposit box is there. And oh God, I don't, this whole situation. So remember that time that she got handcuffs? So Russ is like, yo, we got to go. Like, let's go. Come on. We're already taking too much time here. And Max is saying how, like how much he regrets leaving them and how, it's he's so heartbroken that he had to leave them and then they hug and it seems like a sweet moment but then brennan is like i love you but i can't let you go like yeah. i'm sorry takes the handcuffs out and is gonna try to arrest him basically do like a citizen's arrest 
But even though he's old, he somehow manages to actually handcuff her and he gets away. Excuse me. And it's just so sad because now she's being let down again. And Russ is screaming that they got to come. They got to go. They got to go. And Max is leaving her, kissing her on her head. It's like, fuck off, Max. Yes. Max has got to go with Russ. Russ is going to help him get away. He tells Brennan, as after he handcuffs her, that he loves her, that he's proud of her, and that if she finds someone she can trust, to hang on to him. Yes. Just then... Booth shows up in Caroline's car just as Max is getting into Russ's truck and Booth threatens to shoot Max. But then Brennan sort of pleads with Booth not to shoot him. And Max says, yeah, you take care of her to Booth. Yes. Yes. Which like, obviously he's thinking what we're all thinking, but like how much has he surveilled this couple? Anyway. Russ um, starts to drive away and then he chooses to back into Caroline's car to prevent Booth ugh. from chasing them. And Booth is like, why did he do that? Like, I wasn't going to chase them. Like the way he says it, it's so yeah. funny. Because obviously like, this is such a brutal moment for Brennan. He doesn't care about chasing Max at this point. He just wants to sit down with her and check in and make sure she's okay. Because this is a very traumatic moment for her. Does she still have I, her handcuffs on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While she's being comforted by Booth? I think that he he lets her out of them pretty quickly, but okay. like not immediately. Okay. What's interesting, so now we're back to the roof of the hotel. Yeah. I don't know how much time has passed, but I guess enough that it's no longer a crime scene. Mm. And Is that the next back... same place, you think? Same oh yeah, for sure. Same place. Oh, okay. same sign. But this time, Max, his face is showing. Yeah. Crucifies FBI agent Kirby. So he got mm-hmm. the drop on Kirby, which presumably that's who the blood was from in Russ in uh, Brennan's apartment mm-hmm. or Brennan's house. So basically, he does the exact same thing that he did to the victim in the very beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this was a cool scene because it kind of faded out and yeah max becomes booth looking yeah transitions from night to day so it's max and then as the sun rises it's booth looking like he's surrounded by fbi forensics and he's like at the scene like discovering the remains and everything so it was was pretty cool i agree i thought that was great do you want to talk about back of the lab back Back of the the lab Hodgins slaps down Zach's doctorate on Cam's desk and recommends him for a job there. And Brennan recommends Zach for a job. She's like, I'd like you to hire Zach. And Cam says, basically says no. <laughs> right in front of him. No, not right in front of him. That well, was earlier. We Never mind. He's, yeah, he's around he's not the corner, there yet. but that's fine. <laughs> so then while Cam's arguing that he's terrible on the stand and he, nobody will take him seriously, Angela walks in and goes, welcome, I would like to present to you Dr. Zachary Addy. No. With, and he, What's his middle name? I don't remember. What the hell <laughs> Uriah. is it? I was going to say Zachary loquacious Uriah. Horatio. Who knows? God. Anyway, it's all very cute because Angela steps aside and there's Zach. He's wearing a suit and he has short hair and he looks 
really bad in my opinion i think so and then too cam basically like he argues that you know i will learn to be better on the stand i can learn anything brennan's like yes he's a very good learner he learned how to do it and then cam goes okay you're hired <laughs> i was like really Didn't take a lot of effort just to hear i run my notes <laughs> is this how it works ask jessica brennan gives <laughs> zach a big hug <laughs> i don't think that's how it works but maybe i don't I think you'd have to go through a little bit more of a process yeah. to get a job. I mean, like, at least apply for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I guess Brennan has a lot of pull. And like, Cam's always trying budget, to keep him happy. Man. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't think Zach cares about the money. He just likes science. <laughs> I know. So they go to celebrate together at the diner because it's like, yay, Zach got his doctorate. Ooh. Yay. Zach uh, got a job. Got All a haircut. Friggin' day. Got a haircut. <laughs> Yay! Bought a suit. Yay! <laughs> I was trying to look up how long it actually takes to decide on a dissertation, like when you get your doctorate, like what the time period is between the time you argue your thesis to the time that you receive the designation. I think it might actually be a pretty quick turnaround. And again, if we have any oh. listeners that have gotten a PhD, please let us know. Also, uh, kudos to you. <laughs> also, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, we have to talk about this next scene. Oh, should we get Brennan and Ruth the room or <laughs> maybe? I don't know. God, so they go to celebrate the between at this these diner. Two. Listen, Booth goes to the diner to meet up with Brennan and he's like see she spies him outside the diner and he waves her to come outside like come here like he wouldn't want to go inside so she goes out and it turns out that he got reinstated as soon as he turned in all this evidence and then they have another conversation very close together about how he found another body and they think it's deputy director kirby and then booth apologizes for her having to relive all her childhood trauma all over again and he says to her that you know he's your father and he loves you but then yeah. i was like the way he looks at her when he says that i thought he was going to oh. say and i love you and i love you and, and i could be your daddy i'm gonna be your daddy <laughs> oh daddy oh my god it's like really <laughs> they have a moment like they're just wow. gazing into each other's eyes and then they're obviously interrupted by Zach who doesn't read room. So he's knocking on the glass like, hey, like, come on. Not before this happens. No. Brennan is down on herself because she feels like I guess I'm not that person who has a family. Like I just don't, I'm that kind of person who doesn't have a family. Then Booth reaches out touches her face like grabs her chin oh kind my of God, how did holds I not? her face in his hands he says we're your family or some bullshit like that there's he more says, than one kind of family there's more than one kind of family like he's holding her face very gently and like super intimately that's when zach yeah. bangs on the window and interrupts them Yes, you're totally right. They look like they were going to dive into each other. Oh, yeah. There's every every single episode lately. I'm like, is Cam watching? Because, like, poor woman. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I don't think, and I can't, I honestly can't remember, so this is not meant to be a spoiler if it does come true. I can't mm -hmm. see Cam and Booth lasting a long time. Oh, I don't think they last, no. 
I we talked about this before because you know, I mean they both have you know, everybody's got different relationships. I mean this this uh, show goes on for a long time, so <clears throat> but this whole thing is interesting because then Just, yeah, of course. Sorry, like if you saw that, I would be very insecure. It would be right? very like. I'd be like, what the fuck's going on with these two? Like hundred percent. Really, really sketchy. I'd be just okay. Yeah. Well, even though there's this charred body that clearly Booth is supposed to be attending to, um, he does take Zach and Brennan up on the offer and he actually does go in. Yes, to celebrate and congr- to, to celebrate and congratulate Jack uh, Jack. That's good. Zach. <sighs> And she, just to end the episode on a nice, cute, funny note. Yeah. Brennan tells him, when do you go in? Can you do me a favor? And can you just pat Zach on the shoulder with an open hand? (laughs) (laughs) Which is, if you remember, a sign of approval. Yes. Yes, exactly. Honestly, the more I think about it, I think this episode was just ruined by the fact that it was, that we knew that Father Coulter was Max Keenan. I'm going to argue that that's not necessarily the case because we've watched these shows and we've known who the killer is, or we've known what's happening, or we've known, you know, what, you know, how it ends. Like we watched the one where Hodgins and Brennan were buried underground and that wasn't ruined. You know, I think that this was convoluted, unnecessarily convoluted. I think it it was honestly kind of poorly structured personally poorly written i think written like the directing was poorly was good yeah it was just it was all over the place honestly i had at points i was like who what is this guy's name again who is marvin i didn't give a shit about any of that stuff i just kept getting lost and i saw the episode so many times so layered and i still don't really like okay like it was so convoluted it was so many layers and all these people and i'm like what the hell a little much but also this russ situation i i think that russ has known all along about the max situation i think so too and i think that max is the one i think the reason he didn't die and only got grazed i think max approached kirby on the roof where he was shooting from maybe really i don't know he just talks about because he mentions like guardian angels like he's his guardian angel but why but that, wouldn't he kill kirby then then i guess yeah that's a good point because that doesn't make sense because booth was booth was still an, an agent he hadn't been suspended yet true and it's wild to think that a deputy director of an FBI is out on a roof sniping yeah. at his age. Like, okay, how are your sniping skills? Maybe that's why he missed because he was like not Maybe. totally <laughs> as good like, as oh, he I used to be. I'm an office you know? worker now. <laughs> <laughs> He's been pushing pencils. What else were we going to talk about? Well, did the David Duchovny of it all? I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. But I just thought it was so funny how Booth was so too cool for school this whole episode. And David Duchovny has that attitude. David Duchovny is a cool, aloof, detached, very like, yeah, snazzy, snap, snap. He's a cool dude. And I think, I don't know if David Boreanaz was acting like that because 
Duchovny was telling him to do that? Or I don't know what happened there. Maybe. Or if David Boreanaz was just like trying to be cool, you know? What other, I'm trying to look right now. What other stuff has David Duchovny directed? directed? Yeah. Um, Not too much. Some X-Files, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's something called The Estate that he's in coming out soon. Oh, I know. He still works, this guy. Just never stops. Never stops. Where is the new layout for, there it is. The new layout for IMDb is so confusing. Oh, he only did one episode of Bones. Uh He actually only did three episodes of Mm X-Files. He directed only six episodes of Californication, which is Mm -hmm. surprising. House of D, some movie. And Aquarius. He directed his God, did you watch that? I didn't, but he was the lead on that. Yeah. That was a Netflix show. I wonder if it's still on Netflix. They have been kicking off their originals lately. Regardless, was it the good? direction was very. Um, the direction was. How do I say this? Different. Obvious, <laughs> like it was. Yeah, um, it was clear that it was not someone who had directed before this. It was such a different style, exactly. Yeah. And even just the way, like you pointed out, the way that they acted, like the way that yeah. Booth acted for this, I didn't even notice that. But well, we made it through the episode, and the next Honey. one is wild. So, well, hopefully, it's less convoluted and more entertaining. I'll just say that. Well, I guess I'm glad that we finally got to the point where we've met Max Keenan. Now we have a recurring, interesting character. Maybe some other like subplots of different cases that Booth or will be tangentially direct indirectly kind of involved with because of the yeah. masking and of it all. And I'm, I'm interested. Hoping. I'm interested to see how Brennan sort of um, reconciles with her criminal father. I don't, I didn't love the episode itself, but it was important yeah. for all the reasons that you just said. So it'll exactly. be interesting to see going forward <clears throat> yeah. where we go, which I can't I remember. Know. But I know I we're going to see Howard Epps again, so that's pretty exciting. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see him. He's like a, a breath of fresh air, that guy. So we're... Next episode. Woo! No spoilers, man. No. It will be fine. We have to right cut that out now. No, the beginning of the episode, you find out that it's Howard Epps. Fine. Okay. Like, literally, the beginning immediately Brittany spoils everything i'm gonna write a book i write. kept it together for this episode you did a good job well. you did Thank a really you. good job it's important to just say father coulter father coulter father yes. coulter yes anyway anything else about yes. it you want to say no that's it i think you covered all it. right i hope that wayne's leg is better and everything's good yes. and your transition back into work for the new year is going well goes well on that note, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. That legitimately was our best one. We nailed Every it. time. <laughs> no, but we like actually got that perfectly in sync. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good job, Brittany. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. 
The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolance Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.